Not, not Stanley Klopp, the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's why I redid it so we can yeah. cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's a part of history. <laughs> now we'll be at the very front of this show. <laughs> it's time to get things started with How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X Isn't Just a Fashion Statement, presented by Tribe74.com. How's it going today, Andrew? Good to see you, buddy. Pretty darn fine, sir. And you? Well, I'm here. <laughs> yes, you are. It's hot and it's gross. And oh, the humidity, it could kill a man. Oh, it's, it was brutal today. Like I had my garage door open because people were dropping in to buy some stuff. And oh my God, I was just like, I don't have enough fans pointed at my undercarriage that would <laughs> fix any of the problems. <laughs> like my sweat had sweat. It's that hot. Yeah, this is going to be a bad summer. Like, I wish that there was no lockdowns because I'd be in PEI for, like, the whole summer just to stay out of this heat. Disgusting. <laughs> you need that ocean air. So speaking of uh, buying and selling and stuff, you know, you hear that? That's a VHS. <laughs> you know what? It totally has the sound of a VHS, too. <laughs> for you youngins, you youngins listening here, this is a VHS. This is the sound. A VHS. All right. So these are giant cassette tapes, basically. Right. I got in my hand here. I saw somebody posted the Star Wars trilogy for sale on uh, Facebook Marketplace. Not that nice. I promote that place. Yeah. And I thought, okay, $25. Why would I want a VHS of Star Wars for $25 when I've got all the DVDs? We've got them streaming on Disney Plus. No promotion intended. It's just kind of funny that you have them now. Well, the, the funny part of it is, is that these are, I shouldn't say the funny part, the, the cool part of this is that these are the original cuts, like the original edits. So before George Lucas got his fingers in there and started tinkering around, you know, with the THX and the, the digital like insertion of Jabba the Hutt and all that stuff, these are the original cuts, which are extremely hard to find. They're not available on DVD. Well, I was going to say, like, I didn't think that they existed. They, they came out two different versions. One back at the uh, back in like '83 or whatever, so before Return of the Jedi, or around the time of Return of the Jedi, sorry. And then they released them again in uh, the late '90s, uh, before George. I guess he was just kind of excited because he knew he was going to be doing something. And he released them. There was the first time they were released on VHS to the general public, and they were unedited, uncut. And then he went hid the uh, hid the original versions, recut them, re smashed them up, and send them out and they never got on vhs again well i have a copy of them now wow i'm so now the question is do you even have a vhs player i do not have a vhs player no i don't have one either i do have a friend though that an old friend a colleague of mine that i worked with when i worked at uh, the tv station uh who apparently transfers old vhs's onto dvd and stuff so i'm going to probably reach out to him and see if he'll do that for me which i don't know you know Maybe he won't because it's technically a copyright issue, but I'm pretty excited. Either way, I'm excited to have him because I can now say I've got the original version formatting, the original movies as they were presented back in 77, 81, and 83. I'm just excited to have that. That's a true Star Wars collector piece for me. Oh, that's awesome. No, you'll definitely, you'll definitely have to keep a lookout through the garage sales for somebody. Somebody must have a working VHS still around. I, you know what, they're, they're, I could go to, you know, the value villages, so those old uh, 
those famous thrift stores and i'm sure i will find a vhs player my my concern is though do i want to take the chance of that being you know eaten i know what you need to do is go and buy a different vhs or scour your house for maybe one still stuck in a box somewhere a movie that you don't care about to put into that vhs player first to make sure that it works before you put those in andrew there is no such thing as a movie on a VHS that isn't cared for. Think about it. <laughs> Every time that you recorded something to VHS, you recorded it for a reason. Right. <laughs> I just Commercials was, and all. That's right. I just hope it was for the right reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew, Andrew, enough banter. Enough banter. What do we have on the slate for today? Ooh. Okay. So... We're going to be talking about Venom. The new movie is set to come out soon. So just a little bit of a build up to, uh, to that, to Venom 2. We're going to be talking subscription boxes and the Stanley Cup playoff. Oh, we, we kind of decided to we are going to do Venom because, well, it was originally slated to come out this past Friday. So you're, you'll be listening to this probably a week after it was originally slated to come out. The pandemic is forcing all of these flip-flops and flip-flops and moves and reschedules. Like we're so close. I thought that I thought it was a go. I thought so too. And then they went and switched. I guess it's not coming out till September now. So it's going to be a few months, but let's talk about it anyway. A tribute to Venom that should have been out now. Venom number two. Uh, let there be carnage, I believe. Venom, let there be carnage, which I'm not sure I buy that name. But you know what? I digress. I'm excited about it because I love carnage. I love the character Carnage. So I'm excited to, so we decided to go and rewatch the original Venom movie with Ed Hardy. Is it Ed Hardy? Yep. Right. Okay. Andrew, do you know anything about Venom in general, like the comic book Venom? Absolutely not. There was something about the character that kept me from connecting with the character. But the first movie, the first movie, I think that it, it really, really did it justice. I liked the corny humor throughout and that's really what drew me in like it was just completely stupid that's what i liked about it too like i went in like i've never been a fan of venom i never read his comic books i never got into it i'm, I'm a comic nerd but there was yeah, i didn't know the storyline there was something about venom that just kind of like oh he's almost like this super trendy character and everybody suddenly liked him and that was a big thing back in the uh the 80s when he or the, sorry the 90s when he was created i thought he was just an evil spider-man quite honestly yeah i just thought that he was he was trendy right and i i hate i, I hated trendy characters back in the day well, so. that's what kept me from getting into deadpool yeah that too right i mean i didn't really get into deadpool until i watched the movies and so i thought you know what i'm going into this venom movie without any kind of judgment i was saying i have no vested interest in this character so i just want to see if it's going to be a fun movie and you know what? It is so fun. <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> I heard a lot of people complain, all the Venom, all the Venom freaks and the people who love Venom, they they hated it. They said it was too cheesy and Venom looked dumb. And then I sit there and I'll go, Venom looked dumb, huh? Have you actually seen some artwork of Venom? I mean, come on, let's be fair. He's dumb looking. Yeah. He's just a black suit with, you know, a bunch of white on him that looks exactly like Spider-Man. Like, why would you need to look like exactly like Spider-Man? He didn't just look like Spider-Man. He looked like Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman <laughs> was actually the first one to wear that design of a costume. I believe. I'm not 100%. I may, be get, I may get corrected. That's what I felt as well. I just, I, I had a good time. And Ed Hardy, like, when he looked sick, he looked sick. 
when he was when he was like going crazy he he looked like he was losing his mind like he looked like he was uh the makeup people first off just to make him look sick did a a really good job yeah he pulled it off so well and and yeah i don't know exactly how you make one look sick but they they hit the nail on the head maybe he's just a sick looking fella normally yeah maybe I don't know if I've seen a lot of movies with him in it. Like I, I've, I've enjoyed his his acting and his, his anything any roles that I've seen him in, but I don't know that I've seen a lot. To be honest, I actually meant to have a look to see what um, what roles he had played. Well, he was in that. Uh, what was the movies with all the the blue people? The the James Cameron movies. Oh right, the oh, one with, the one about the environment. I remember the name. I think he was he was one of the characters in that. Was I think he? I could be wrong. I. I'm just I've only seen it once and it was probably 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, we better get we better get brushed up on those ones because they're supposed to be making like three sequels all in a row. Anyway, let's get back to Venom here for a second. So I'm gonna I'll, I'll just go kind of a brief little rundown of where Venom kind of comes from in the comic books. Okay. And then you can kind of see the differences that they took with the movie. Yeah, let's hear. So he was an outcast of a species from a different planet called I think it was the planet Clintar. And uh, he, he, as well as a number of the symbiotes, which is what they're called, had rebelled against the organisms. The, the organisms had rebelled against their elder god, Nor, or Null. Null, sorry. I'm sorry. Null. I'm not going to, I'm going to get roasted for this. Oh, completely. So, so they, they overthrow him. And I guess they, they escape and somehow get carried along with Kree explorers or some, some, weird thing goes on in the comic books where eventually he lands on earth i mean that's the most important part he lands on earth and he's just kind of floating around and he gets dropped on on earth and spider-man discovers him during the secret wars it was bonded to him and, and then the symbiote assimilated his powers into its own genome so basically he kind of merged with kind of how in the in the movie how they merged with their their hosts Yes. So they merged with Superman or Superman, Spider-Man. And Spider-Man was like, he discovered that it was sentient and it was alive and was trying to take over of him and and permanently bond with him. So Spider-Man gets him off. He does this by like jumping into like a, a church bell and banging into a church bell. And of course we know that Venom sensitivities because of the movie, he's got sensitivities to extreme yep. noises. This pisses Venom off or the symbiote off. Now he's angry and hates Spider-Man. Well, Eddie Brock, who's a journalist, had his career ruined due to the actions of Spider-Man at some point. I think there was okay. there, there was something where Eddie Brock had done some reporting on this one bad guy, but he revealed the bad guy, uh, his his true identity, and that bad guy ended up wasn't the bad guy after all. So Eddie Brock got embarrassed when they discovered the real bad guy. Bunch of complicated stuff, but Eddie Brock gets embarrassed, gets his career destroyed. And so he decided like he hates he hates Spider-Man, but then he goes to church to commit suicide because he's his career's over. He's just feeling a low se- sense of self-esteem. And then it just happens that the church that he goes to is where the Venom symbiote has been hiding out. Well, Venom senses the bloodlust and the and the anger from Eddie Brock and attaches to him. And because they have they, they share mutual hate for Spider-Man, they are angry and vengeful. And because Eddie Brock was suicidal, he was vulnerable. And then Venom kind of takes over. And then that's when suddenly now we have Venom as we know him. So at the beginning of the movie, Eddie Brock mentions to his girlfriend that they 
that he had just lost his job in New York and essentially followed her out to San Francisco. By any chance, did that take place between Eddie Brock and Spider-Man in New York? I don't know that it had, well, actually it would be New York because that is where Spider-Man, that's where most of the Marvel universe and most of the Marvel characters reside or all surrounding It New kind York. of sounds like that that had just taken place with the, the Spider-Man Eddie Brock piece, maybe just before moving into this movie. Just a thought, just a thought. I, I like how you connect that. That's actually good because I didn't connect that myself. I just thought that this, it was a different take on the, the origin story. But I believe that, you know, you to a certain extent have figured it out or at least uh, how they did in the movies. Because if, if I look yeah. at the church, uh, I clicked on the link here. And if I look at the church, the church is actually in Alphabet City within the East Village neighborhood of Manhattan in New York. So the church where, where Eddie and Venom come together is in New York. So there is a difference. Now that in the movie, it doesn't happen until later on in San Francisco. So they've certainly straight away from the storyline to uh to a certain degree yeah if, if not a little bit more actually they yeah they have changed the origin story to, to because extent, with the yeah. movie it starts out that uh, the life foundation is out traveling in space looking for new land to essentially take over when the earth in about 10 years essentially is is not livable anymore and while they're out they actually discover i think they discover a comet with a bunch of organisms and they're able to bring four organisms back which they call the the symbiote which is venom and riot and all of their their gang essentially and then bring them back to san francisco there so there is definitely a difference between how the the origin of venom and eddie brock come together between the movie and, and I, i'm okay with that as, as i know that hollywood likes to take chances or, or, or change little things up because they think they know better yeah for me it wasn't a big deal because i i am not invested in the comics if i didn't know anything else i thought it was a pretty good origin story yeah, same. I, I felt that it was a little bit of the typical origin story, which I thought was a little maybe disappointing. But I to be fair, this is just how they do it. And again, I like you, I'm not invested in the character either. So I wasn't upset by it. I just uh, I, I felt it was a little lazy. There's always that that corporation that's always the evil corporation run by an evil man. It reminds me of, of the alien movies that we talked about in the previous episode. Yeah. Where, you know, it, it's the, that evil corporation that's always trying to find the next best thing to make it easier for the rich people or, or the armies of the rich to take over. So this time our bad guy is Carlton Drake. That's right. And he owns the life, the, the, the very life nice foundation, knife, nice sounding life foundation. And in reality, he's killing people. Right. That's yeah. And he's human experimentation, which we all know doesn't happen, of course, in, in Western doesn't society, <laughs> as, as we're in the middle of a pandemic, all being forced to take vaccines that aren't tested on people or aren't tested properly. Anyway, anyway. yeah, exactly. That's an, that's a whole other story that that's a whole other show, it's a not whole other show. whole other podcast. This is not our podcast. <laughs> no, exactly. 
So I yeah, I thought the movie was good. I thought the the part where uh, Michelle Williams, uh, his Eddie Brock's former girlfriend, where she puts the costume on and or gets taken over by the costume and brought back to her, I thought that was a little un. I don't know. It just it didn't fit. It felt really unnecessary. And there were there were a couple things that, that were kind of cheesy and corny. But I think that's what what endeared it to me. And I think it was kind of fun is that they just, they didn't get too serious about the character. They tried to keep it comic book style where they had a little bit of that fun. Yeah. For a very serious character. Because Venom, for all intents and purposes, is a very serious character. It leaves Eddie in the hospital when uh, it's pulled out of him when they turn up the noise on the MRI. The Venom goes up into the grate, comes down into the room, where previously an elderly couple with their small dog is introduced and Venom takes over the dog. The dog in turn sees the girlfriend, Annie. Annie sounds about right, yeah. Uh, and so then Venom takes takes over Annie to go after to go after Eddie. But I think during that time that he he actually bonds with Annie while he's uh, well, he's using her as a host. So that could be, maybe that leads up to something that we don't know about maybe in the future. Cause I believe Annie or Annie, Michelle Williams is uh, cast in the next film. So perhaps she takes on a different Venom persona. Cause if you, if you know the comic books and, and as you see in the, uh, the trailers for the new movie, there's going to be more uh, symbiotes like carnage. And I believe there's like shriek is another one. Uh, so there's going to be a number of different symbiotes. So maybe she just happens to be one. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I'm actually excited for the sequel. And I didn't, I had no anticipation, no intention when I saw the first one. So it should be interesting. Yeah, no, I, uh, to be honest, now that I've seen this, I will watch the second one. I definitely will watch the second one. And quite honestly, I'm looking forward to it. It looks, you know what? There was a, just a lot of, a lot of cheesy lines that that I really enjoyed, you know, from the standpoint, right from the beginning. Um, I remember when he's just first taken over, Eddie is returns to his apartment. So the security comes after him, blows through the door, and Eddie's first reaction is hands up. And Venom's like, "What are you? What are you doing? You're making us look weak. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you?" Doing? But it, it was just this hilarious uh, back and forth between Eddie and Venom as to what they should be doing in this in this particular situation. And Eddie is more concerned. Hey, I don't want to get my head blown off right now. I'm going to keep my hands up. Well, I think it was. Remember, we talked last week uh, on our last show with uh, not last week on one of our last shows. We talked about characters and vulnerabilities and stuff. And it kind of gives that, this is where there's a bit of a plot hole, but it kind of gives uh, Eddie Brock a bit of vulnerability. Here is he, he's this tough gung-ho uh, reporter who's trying to get the, get the inside scoop and, and trying to, to, you know, be a, a social justice warrior to a certain extent. But then when it comes down to it, he's a bit of a coward and he's just ready to, he's just ready to give it all up. And then that's where Venom kind of comes in and gives him that confidence to kind of, maybe fight back so that he fight back to even try for Annie himself. I think with the, the joining of the two of them, it made them both a better individual. They were taking Eddie's strength, which made Venom stronger when he was fighting against Riot. And uh, in turn, 
Eddie benefited from uh, from the good things in in Venom. You know, he was afraid of heights first off, Eddie, and he would go running up giant trees, up buildings, and which something the character Eddie never would have been able to to do. You know, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about characters with vulnerabilities, and they they actually did something right by writing a really strong vulnerability into this character in the fact that he's lost his job he can't pay his bills he has lost his fiance and a lot of people can uh, can understand that loss and all of a sudden he be- he becomes relatable there's that relationship or that relatability that we talked about yeah, yeah. absolutely and venom isn't perfect either because venom is angry and just wants to destroy everything and, and kill everything and they didn't they didn't explore it as much or, or they didn't really do a good job of exhibiting how venom becomes a less of a, a villain and more of an anti-hero to kind of rush into that a little bit and i think it probably could have used a little more fleshing out but it was still great that they were able to accent each other's vulnerabilities for sure or their weaknesses or their character traits that weren't particularly palatable mm-hmm. uh, it was generally all right it wasn't it wasn't bad for that and yeah for what it was again like i said no investment totally enjoyed it had a good time yeah no i have if you've never seen venom before or at least you've never read venom before mm-hmm. maybe i should make that distinction then it is a good movie to go and watch on a saturday afternoon kick back and have have a, some fun laughs see see some great car chases lots of action i give it two thumbs up why not absolutely two thumbs up and the special effects were pretty good too i mean venom there was a couple of times where venom was just like didn't look great but at the same time i mean we we talk about you know how how fans of venom thought that he looked silly well again how do you make him look not silly cgi <laughs> I thought he, I actually thought that they did a pretty good job with them. The other thing that I liked, okay, and this will be my last point uh, before I beat it down too much. My I liked is that um, I didn't like when they show Eddie's face while he had venom on him, and it yeah. was kind of it was kind of cheesy. But at the same yeah. time, they they it was still immersive because it looked like Eddie. Like a lot of times when they when they do that kind of stuff in these movies where they they take a character's face and they show it inside of like a, a monster, it looks really bad. But this actually looked good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Like, I think if you are somebody that has read the read the Venom comics, first off, you've definitely already seen this movie and already made your opinion. For somebody that actually hasn't read the comic and just sees it as a fun, fun way to spend an afternoon. Absolutely. I, th- I think it's pretty good. And no matter what, it's still better than Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who says Spider-Man 3 is good, you are no longer allowed to listen to our podcast. Okay, we'll put that on another show. All right. (laughs) So let's talk about the next subject then, which is subscription boxes. Yes. Andrew, Andrew, have you ever subscribed to a subscription box? No, I haven't. But I have sat there and oogled over all of these subscription boxes. Kind of like, okay, if I buy this subscription box... And, and a t-shirt comes in it. How will they know what my size is? Will I get the right size? Are they just going to throw any in any size of shirt? Or is it actually going to be something that fits me? What are the cool toys that's going to be? It's almost like Christmas 
you get the box delivered to your door and you open it up and you don't know what it's going to be. And I haven't pulled the trigger yet. <laughs> so before we get too far down that road, let's talk about what subscription boxes are for people who may not know. Yeah. Introduce that to, uh, for, uh, for the listeners. You've gotten subscription boxes. I know. So let's, let's hear from the master. <laughs> way too many, way too much money. Subscription boxes. So basically what they are is that they're a marketing strategy put together by a business or an entrepreneur or a, a well-established business who decide, you know, who, who found this kind of sub pop culture of stuffing a box with a bunch of stuff and then selling it, you know, whether it's a niche product, whether it's a genre of products, whether it's a sampling of products and sell it to the masses for people who are interested in kind of getting that reliving the Christmas morning experience or the the gifting experience so you know when you, a birthday experience for instance just for people who don't celebrate christmas because we all have have birthdays we don't all celebrate christmas that's exactly uh and, and there, there, there's a rush that you get with those those kind of uh gifts that you the surprise and that's why we wrap them up and why why we're excited to see them and, and in most cases it doesn't matter if it's something that's just dumb you're still happy that you know you're the, the, the fun part of and this is a thing for for collectors like myself you know it's like ripping open a pack of hockey cards you know you don't know what's inside you might have an idea but you don't know what's inside and so it's just the, a blind the rush, box the rush to open that up and see what's inside and this is what a subscription box delivers there are apparently 400 to 600 different kinds of subscription boxes available just in the united states alone everybody is doing it everybody's doing it and let me tell you i mean there, there's there there is a market and the crazy thing is too and you see a, a ver different version of it you see showing up on ebay and amazon is what they call like just it's a surprise package and you see a lot of uh, influencers have opened them up they'll be like a thousand dollar mystery box and you and you, you spend a thousand dollars and they and you take the chance that whatever's in that box that shows up at your door is going to be worth that money yeah, I know my wife has watched some of those YouTubers where it's like the itsy beauty box where they open up and just tons of makeup for those that are into makeup and just go through every item that they get. Yeah, it's uh, it, well, that's fun, too. Right. And that's sometimes why you see a lot of people who do what they call box breaks or or box reveals or mystery box openings uh, actually have really good view counts on YouTube just from opening some of these boxes. The, the, big, the biggest issue for us up in here in Canada is that we have a really poorly laid out postal system, but we're also a very large country. So the Huge. postal system is rather expensive. And then you put in the exchange rate. So these boxes get quite expensive for us up here. So what's the, what's the usual price of a subscription box? Just to give a, an idea. So the boxes that I aim for are between 20 and $30 American. So if you so think about you're that, looking 50, 60, uh, uh, probably clo close. Once so you get into the shipping. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once you get into shipping, you're looking at about 60 to $80 per box. Man. So it does get expensive. So we that better don't, be some good stuff in there. We don't spend much anymore on these boxes because it is just really hard when they, when the, if, and when the Canadian dollar ever goes back up to match the American dollar, it'll definitely be a much better deal. Yeah, and we're there, getting closer. We're getting we, closer. Slowly creeping <laughs> so keep, up there. <laughs> slowly creeping up there. 
getting ready to pull the trigger again. That's right. That's right. Especially when I looked at a list today, uh, call it the, the complete subscription box list and no promotion here. There are literally hundreds of boxes that are available to ship to Canada. And I just started going down this list and they're, they're organizing a category such as like beauty subscription boxes. So you mentioned the Ipsy one, which my, my daughter and wife have purchased the Ipsy glam bag. So it gets, it sends you five or more beauty products delivered monthly. And it's actually one of the cheaper one, cheaper ones. And I think it's only like $20 in total. And people say, Oh, $20 for five beauty products. Well, these beauty products are the, sometimes they're sample size, sometimes they're full size, but these aren't cheap. Like oh these no. Are, these are like expensive items in them. Um, there's so many of them. So uh, scrolling past and then there's clothing boxes. So you can get like fashion and style boxes. You can get uh, jewelry boxes, uh, grooming boxes. There's uh, you might see a lot of ads for the dollar shave club or the birch box grooming one for men, uh, the personal barber, uh, alcohol boxes. We subscribe to one called Bev try and it's more of a sampler. Uh, I we came don't... across one for wine. <laughs> yeah. So the sampler Bev try that we do, we don't pay for it. We just have to do reviews. So they send us a, a, a new alcohol every once in a while, a new type of alcohol or a drink to try. And then we just write a review on it and we get this free alcohol. And it's usually like only one portion. So it's nothing major. Like a can or something. Yeah. I, I got a, a, a tequila cooler last time I got one. It was, it was a, mojito, a mojito cooler. Sorry. It was mm. actually really good. Not going to lie. Uh, they have candy and chocolate boxes, which are some of the more famous ones that you see you'll see on youtube uh especially when you look at uh, there's ones called like tokyo treat or japan crate uh because there's a huge huge movement of people who love asian uh culture and asian foods and want to experience that because we don't get that kind of food over here uh we we get lots of cultures uh sharing their their foods with us but you don't get the stuff directly from japan like the candies the crazy candies that they try over there the crazy food that they have uh, so we've tried we've tried uh, one called Universal Yums, which is a, a monthly subscription uh, that delivers international snacks based on one particular country every month. And then it's got a guidebook which educates you about the country, about the food, specifically the food that you have in the box, and tells you and and sends you large portions of this food. We pay I think it was like forty five dollars a month. We were getting it for my son who absolutely loved it, and we'd spent sit, all sit together as a family, and we'd open up these treats and everybody would like you know reach in the box blindly pull a treat out and then we'd all sample it and to see and then we <laughs> then at the end of it you rate it and you tell them which one you like the best and it nice. was it was a great family moment and that's what yeah, these boxes sounds kind offer. of fun yeah there's coffee and tea boxes there's cooking uh, like food prep boxes or so like crate uh chef's plate or crate chef uh hello fresh is, is a can canadian one uh where you they actually send you enough food for multiple meals, depending on, on how big of an order you place and everything's ready and all you, everything's pre-portioned and they have the recipe and all you have to do yeah, is I've, cook it. Now I've actually done HelloFresh. Yeah. So, but I didn't really consider that to be in the same vein because you actually can pick out the meals that, that you want. It isn't like a blind box. So I, I yeah. didn't include that in, uh, in this. Yeah, it's it's not a hundred percent. It's it's definitely not a blind box because you pre-order the the meals, but yep. then you're you're given a selection of meals, and then you have to trust that their recipe is going to be tasty for you, right? So yeah, there is a bit of there is a bit of a surprise element to it, 
but yeah, I understand that. But of course, they can't really surprise you with food if you think about it. Uh, so, yeah, with so many allergies and. Oh, definitely. So the one that has always kind of attracted me is done by Loot Crate. Right. They do. They've got several different ones that they do. You can get a pop culture. You can get film and TV, animation, and gaming crates. And probably the only reason that I haven't pulled the trigger on that is because I can't decide which one I want. That, that's the hard part. And we learned it from, we used to subscribe to NerdBlock. So NerdBlock is yeah, very yeah, much yeah. very much like Loot Crate. It's, a, it, it's identical almost, except NerdBlock guaranteed a t-shirt every time. So the issue was we'd ordered as a family and then we'd have to fight over who was going to order the t-shirt. We're all different sizes. So then we had to you know, whoever's going to get it. The, the nice thing about, about them is that if you're a nerd and you like nerdy stuff, then it's great. But if you don't like certain aspects of nerdism, nerdism, mm -hmm. then you might be more inclined to pick like something that's more specific. Like with the nerd block had a horror block. They had an anime block. They had a comic block. Could you actually, could you actually pick one of those? Like yeah. a horror block specific? Yes. Yeah, so then it, okay. with the horror block, everything that was inside that box was themed to the horror genre right uh at one point they were they were sending blu-rays and you got a you got a blu-ray movie every month with the horror block a horror movie and then you got like a t-shirt and then you got like a magazine or an autograph picture or something it was it was pretty cool like there, were, there was that diversity that was kind of cool so if you were wanted something specific downside to it was that if there was a certain thing that you didn't like like for instance like let's say you ordered an anime box right and you only liked, let's say, uh, um, like a high school anime, right? Uh, one that, uh, but you're not into the the space anime, or you're not into the adventure anime. You just want like you like you like the whole. Uh, I can't remember. There's a Taste of Life, I think, is what they call that kind of anime. And you get a box that's full of all the other stuff. Then you're going to be, especially after you drop forty dollars on it or fifty dollars with shipping. Well, maybe a little disappointed in what what you've actually got. Exactly. The nice thing is, is that if you do get a bunch of stuff you don't like, you can always resell it and then people will buy it. Well, for a seller, that's good. Like, does everyone think to that they want to actually go through the, the hassle of selling? I know like you've got a store, it's easy. You just put it into your, uh, <laughs> into your inventory, <laughs> but uh, as opposed to keeping it for your personal collection. But you know, for the the general person, they might just oh, they'll throw it into the into a corner or into a closet and just forget about it. Well, that is the one annoyance about it is that if you're not going to make the effort to get your money back for it, because that's the trick, right? They say, oh, you'll get you're getting your thirty five dollar box and you're going to get minimum forty dollars of value for it. Well, there's never any guarantee you're going to get that because unless you sell everything at the top retail price, you're not going to get that money back. Yeah. So here's the thing. You have to be committed and you, it, it's kind of like gambling. When you go to the casino, you take $35 of your money and you say, that's all I'm going to spend at the casino. I go yep. to the slot machines. I spend my $35. I'm done. I had a good time. I didn't get anything out of it. I just had a good time. Now I leave. This is what you had the mentality you have to go. You had this uh, expendable $35 or whatever the price is for these items. You have that expendable amount of money. You, you go enjoy it. it. And that's it, right? And you, you get the thrill of opening the box and you get that stuff yeah. that you may or may not like. And that's a great thing because sometimes, you know, you might get surprised and it'll be something really cool. Like I got an autographed picture of a girl from Carrie, not one of the main characters, 
like not uh, not sissy space spot check or spacek however you say yeah. her name i didn't get an autograph of her but i got an autograph from her like a secondary character which was still pretty cool like who doesn't want an autograph right sure that's the risk that you take yeah it's still it's still it's a lot of fun it sounds like yeah. a lot of fun anyway yeah at a point soon i'll probably pull a trigger maybe well, we'll do a do an opening on uh, on the show I think we totally should do do it and we should totally do an opening and we just have to try to decide what we do. The other thing is to, let, let's, okay. So we look, we're talking about like the nerdy stuff. So the, the toys or the collectibles that you might get, what about if you did like a smart art one and uh, a smart art as a brand, but I know there's a lot of these ones that are, are directed or related to or directed at artists. Yeah. So tell me about that. I've never bought one, but I've, I like you, I've sat there and I've contemplated and I've contemplated the nice thing that they do for those boxes in general, and it's probably the same for like a lot of other boxes is that they would send a theme and that all the materials you needed to do the theme or the style, they send you everything for a project. Oh, that's cool. Mark markers or paint and the specific items that you need to complete that project. So not only do they give you the items, these, these surprise items that you don't know anything about until you open it up, but then they also give you a project that you, now you have a use for these items. And so you might discover a new hobby or you might discover a new style of like art for instance if, if it's a smart yeah art that box. maybe that you've never tried yeah and so then now you've got this project that you can do and so it it's it's like going to the store and actually picking the project out and having to pay for all the items individually maybe not knowing what you get but meanwhile they've already curated that box for you and they've mm -hmm. sent you everything you need to do that project it might introduce you to some different like pens or paints or brushes that you've never actually used before 100 and it might become part of your your usual your repertoire yeah yeah exactly and i guess in a way that's kind of like how, how the nerd block or a loot crate might work as well is that maybe introduced to a new genre or a new uh, item that you never thought you were interested in and you say hey i got this pop vinyl of this character from uh, uh, an anime I've never watched. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to see who this character is. So I'm going to go yeah. watch that anime. Maybe introduced to a totally new show. Yeah. Just because you got this cool anime in it. Nerdblock was, was really responsive to this at the time before they, they went tits up, uh, unfortunately. And they left a lot of people oh. so hanging, hanging. Which, was, which unfortunately, we, we fortunately got out because... We we'd seen that there was there was a trend for these boxes to start showing up later and later, mm. and we thought, oh, something's going on, and and the items weren't getting as good, and they seem to recycle items suddenly. Uh, but they they were really responsive at first, and they'd be like, we'd message them, and uh, they'd say they would send us they would send you and ask you how you thought of your block, or and they would ask you, yeah, go ahead and make a YouTube video and tell everybody how how the block open the block up right, yeah. on YouTube and, and do reviews and stuff. And they were really responsive at first because one of the issues that we have with, with horror block is that everything was coming in zombies for the longest time. Walking Dead was at its peak. Mm. All the zombie movies were coming in, but everything was zombies. Like we couldn't get away from the zombies. And I'm, I'm like a, I like slasher horror films like, you know, Chucky and Freddy and Jason. Yeah. Cause horror isn't just zombie. Exactly. And like, I, I wanted a t-shirt with a Jason mask on it or, or I wanted yeah. the, a piece of like, oh, for instance, we got we got this really cool uh, a key hanger, which looked like a piece of the door from The Shining, and said red rum on it in blood. And oh, that's it was, cool! It was just a key hanger, and it was the greatest thing ever, and we loved it. But they, they we were just getting so much stuff that was zombie related. Like we were getting whole boxes that would have like Walking Dead and zombie stuff and zombie figures and stuff. And we're just like, sure, if you're into the Walking Dead 
that much. It was great the first time, or it was great to get one piece in the box that might have been related to that. But when but everything not was... the entire box for months straight, right? Exactly, and that's what was going on. So we we were getting frustrated, so we stopped. But we had messaged them on on social media. And said stop the zombie stuff. We like other things too. And a lot of people had complained about that. And they they actually came out and said our next box guarantees no zombie stuff. Uh, we've listened, you know, kind of stuff. It was cool, right? But then it wasn't yeah. much longer after that when they went out of business, unfortunately. Mm. And that's the other thing you have to be careful about too. You want to make sure that the boxes that you subscribe to have a reputation because everybody and their 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 grandchild is making these nowadays. Like I said, you go on Amazon or you go on eBay and there are people uh, doing the mystery boxes and mystery items and stuff and people are just throwing their money at it it's all right if you're an influencer and you're making thousands of dollars in ad revenue from youtube but if you're just a normal joe make sure that you do your research on these because some of them are a little sketchy yeah <laughs> you definitely want to be working with a reputable company for sure so you said you looked at loot crate are there any other ones that you've looked at i'm pretty sure escape magazine i think that they had one that was full of adventure gear and that caught my eye and just at the time that I was probably ready to pull the trigger, I just didn't have the disposable income. There was better things to spend the money on, like maybe food. <laughs> That's always uh, better. Remember, yeah. kids, remember, kids, subscription boxes are cool, but foods feed cooler. yourself. <laughs> first. Yeah. Or if you're that desperate <laughs> and you want to get both, you get one of the universal yums box or a Japan crate where you actually get food in the box. <laughs> Maybe with the adventure box that I can go hunt the food. I don't know. A bow and arrow, maybe. <laughs> can you fit a bow and arrow in a in a box? I'm not sure. Well, but that that was that was one of the other ones that I always thought was pretty cool. I'm uh, pretty keen on the otaku box. Otaku. So it is an anime based box, oh. uh, but it, but it's a little more adult directed. It's okay. for it's for collectors of like you know etchy. Uh, Etchy is a form of anime that um, they call it like fan service, uh, where it's yep. kind of geared towards uh, a little more towards sexuality. It's still generally anime. It's still like, uh, you know, fantasy, crazy stuff like anime is, but it's just a little more adult oriented. And, okay, well, uh, on that, I'm just going to open up an adult drink. <laughs> I love that. That sounds almost as good as those VHSs. I was getting a little thirsty. So now that we got this giant list of subscription boxes, I'm really concerned because I'm seeing lots of great stuff. Uh, there's a Disney loot crate. You know you're going to get the product from them. You know you know you're getting product and, and product that will sell. That's a great thing, you know. But yeah, there's if, if there is something that you nerd out for, and I don't mean just in like a nerdy way, like if you like certain types of food. If you like tea or coffee, this is a modern version of BMG and Columbia House. That's really what this is. Now that I think, about, oh my totally. goodness, what an epiphany. Oh yeah, no, I used to get a crate box then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got surprise boxes. I was a member of Columbia House. Half the time it was Sammy Hagar albums that even they didn't want. <laughs> they were just giving them away at that point. No, no, no charge. Just, just take it. Not to digress from the, the the content at hand, but I received a Sammy Hagar album in the mail from one of the one of those uh, subscription companies back in the day, and I took it to my local music shop who would buy and sell, and I took it in there with the wrapper still on it, and he wouldn't buy it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Too much Sammy Hagar in the store, I guess. 
I'm like, it's got a wrapper on it. It's it's perfect. It's perfect. It's got the wrapper okay. on it. It's never been opened. There can't He's like, be a scratch on it inside. He's like, there is this no is room. This is a 10 plus. There is no room in my shelves for Sammy Hagar. That, that is yeah. it. <laughs> Sammy Hagar, if you're ever listening to us, I, too bad. I don't like you. I was never a fan, but I mean, I still appreciate you as an artist. So my wife sometimes subscribes to, uh, what is the one now? Fit Fab Fun Box. Uh, I'm trying to find the uh, description of it here. Uh, Fab Fit Fun, a quarterly subscription box full of high-end products creating a buzz in the beauty and entertainment world. A must-have worth over $200. It's actually shows up as a very big box, and my wife has a great time with it. I don't know if it's worth the money because it's not cheap. I think she ends up paying like $80, $80 for it. Yeah. I, I don't pay for it. She pays for it, so that's her thing. Yeah, exactly. It's her money. She does what she wants with it. But, you know, there's a great, great selection of stuff. Like those Ipsy bags, the Ipsy glam bags, they came with a, uh, um, a, a, a makeup bag. Every one came up with a makeup bag. So by, by the time uh, they were done subscribing to those, both my daughter and my wife would get a couple on occasion. And, you know, we had so many makeup bags floating around the house. It was actually getting really annoying. <laughs> Anything you could think of is available. Well, look at this one. It's called the Maple Box, a Canadian subscription box of True North luxury, organic, and natural products. Nice. Very nice. But that is a makeup box, so I guess we don't really need that. Yeah. So besides getting all of the zombie stuff, have you ever had a box that's gone awry? Or has it really just been the, the whole zombie thing? The zombie thing was the big kicker for us. And now we didn't always just subscribe to, to the horror box. That was my big one. Yeah. Uh, the wife, she wanted more of the nerdy stuff, uh, the nerd block stuff, because, you know, there would be Doctor Who stuff, and she's a bit of a Doctor Who fan, and oh, Harry yeah, 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 yeah. she was into Harry Potter as well. So one time I bought her a Harry Potter loot crate, I think it was, and it was pretty cool. There was, I'm trying to remember, there's a one time where we'd, gone, we'd gotten, excuse my English, terrible English, acquired a bunch of stuff that we had no idea what any of it was from. And yeah. even though they give you a description card, I think it, what it was, there was uh, a bunch of items from, um, there was a show with the two brothers, Supernatural. Okay. And neither of us have watched that show. We had no idea. I haven't watched it either. And now I know it's a, it's a very nerdy show uh, for yeah. people. It's kind of like uh, X-Files, but with two brothers who I think are, I don't know if they're vampire hunters or whatever. I don't know. The, again, I don't know the show. You don't know the story. I don't know it either that would be disappointing to open that up and kind of like, Oh, I, I don't really even know what this show is. Yeah. And it kind of comes back to what we were talked about where, you know, maybe it would open our eyes to it, but we didn't really Did you have... go and watch the show. No, Did we didn't really, try? we didn't even so, try. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't a win then. No, that was definitely not a win. The ones that we had a lot of fun with was the universal yums box for sure. And we had, uh, I think there was one point they let you pick whether you wanted a single country or if you wanted combination of all the countries that the for them from the past 11 months of the subscription box so they would take the best items from every subscription box like as voted by by the people who bought them and they'd put them into one box so it'd be kind of like the the who's who the award winners at the end and you get them all and then you can say you can retry all the ones that uh, that you were your favorite and that was pretty cool and that company does really good and again, we don't get any promotions or sponsorship from these guys. But if you're, if you're going to try a box, try out Universal Yums. I 100% recommend cool. it. Cool. A box that I would be interested in getting is an NHL box. How about that? Maybe get a jersey 
get a glove maybe signed autograph miniature player real player what about what about a stanley cup in the box oh yes who wouldn't like a stanley cup in the box every child growing up in gen x at some point probably wished or pretended that they were a hockey player or would win the stanley cup at some point in their lifetime i know two teams right now that they would like a stanley cup in their box especially this is an important one this is an important one the montreal canadians have the opportunity to win their 25th stanley cup just gives me shivers yeah, they're already at the, they're already at their twenty fourth, which is an NHL record, and it's it's by far the biggest record in the NHL. And I believe that means they're one of the winningest uh, champions across all sports. I mean, it helps that it helps that the, the Stanley Cup has been around for a uh, hundred plus years, and there's been a, a hundred and I think something eleven different winners. Just imagine right now, especially the pandemic and the way things are going. I, I'm a huge hockey fan. How much of a hockey fan are you, Andrew? You know what? I grew up around hockey, watch, like just watching it, going out and playing pond hockey and stuff like that. I'm not a regular watcher, but if I'm watching a, a team, I'm either watching the Habs or I'm watching the Leafs. But probably the Habs, the Habs have always been my team. I, I was born in Montreal. I feel, I feel like as a, as a kid, I remember either it was just because you're born in Montreal or because... Yeah, that was that was the connection. That was totally the connection. I remember, and this is a story off track a little bit. So, so we're talking we're talking specifically tonight about the Stanley Cup playoffs and the finals. Or by the time you you hear this show, we'll probably be about three games in. Uh, tonight they start for us, and it's the Montreal Canadiens versus Tampa Bay Lightning. To get back onto uh, off a of track a bit, like I said, uh, I remember one night hammering at our door. Uh, we, you and I lived in the same complex yep. and there was a hammering at the door and I answered the door. My parents just thought it was one of my friends for some reason. And it was dark pitch blackout. And there was your brother screaming at our front door, blood all over his face. <laughs> this is your, this is your, not your youngest brother, your middle, your middle brother. Oh, I know this story. <laughs> yeah. And I guess uh, your mom wasn't home or was asleep or something like that. Yeah, no, she wasn't home. And she and he had come to our house because he didn't know where to go. He had taken a puck in the face uh, from from probably one I of those. To, I'm not sure if it was a puck in the face or I think, to be honest, I think it was a hockey stick to the face oh. <laughs> from my other brother. And it was on purpose. Oh, my that, God. That is the real story. <laughs> puck to the face maybe have been the story that was told to your parents. And now that uh, that lifestyle, the hockey lifestyle that that we grew up in, you know, it was I'm not saying every Canadian child, but most Canadian children, uh, we grew up playing hockey at least some way, whether it was ball hockey, ice hockey over the uh, the local rink, uh, and the ones like behind our our school, Priory Park School, they always built a rink every year. Yeah, it didn't and, matter the time of year; you're just always playing hockey. And so many stories, so many stories of my childhood come from hockey. Uh, my brother broke my nose. Uh, we were playing my brother. We had, we had this like long basement and my brother and I would play hockey down in the basement, ball hockey. And we'd always end up by the end of the game, didn't matter what we always fought. And uh, it was a real fight. It wasn't just, you know, like pretend, yeah. Hey, Hey, I'm Bob Probert. I'm, you know, John Cordick kind of thing. No, it was like, we, we, we were fighting. And the one time he broke my nose, we had a friend, I had a friend over, uh, which was even funnier. I don't know if my brother and I just more, we're more rambunctious because we're trying to show off in front of a friend. 
but yeah, he broke my nose and that was uh, probably led to a lot of my, my sinus issues that I've had over the years. Oh, damn, Kevin. <laughs> my brother broke somebody's leg on, uh, on the ice when we played hockey. That was the, the top scorer of the league and my brother uh, broke his leg. Well, I mean, your brother, he played a lot of defense and, and he played it pretty hard. He was he was a hard he was a hard nosed player he 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 was a very angry player, uh, which you know what that was normal back then like when you're a hockey player you you want to kill people when you're on the ice it's just the way he was. It's it seems way- odd now that he's a yoga guru, but <laughs> yeah. but then he he was a very young, uh, angry young man on on skates. He was he was and him and I there was one time him and I played together. We're, we're way off topic now, but I, uh, just one, one <laughs> quick little story. <laughs> That's okay. Him and I were, were playing in a tournament together. Uh, we were invited to play, and uh, we both uh, I was a defenseman and and he was a defenseman, and he he had a proficiency to score goals, and I was a defensive defenseman. Uh, I was a bit of a leader, but we played together, and we became the gnarliest meanest angriest players on the ice and him and i had harassed with this one guy so bad and he was basically crying and i guess he he gave my brother or he he tripped me up and my brother went over and started just hammering on him with a stick just like not not like you know like hacking him but like cross-checking him in the back with a stick and that guy got the penalty for tripping me but my brother didn't get a penalty and this guy was crying Because we were just hammered on him so hard the whole game. They actually, uh, my own, our own teammates called us the Hanson brothers. If you know anything about, about slap <laughs> yes. shot, the Hanson brothers were like these crazy, crazy players. And I recommend you watch that show, best hockey movie of all time. But I digress. The Montreal Canadiens versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, yeah. I forgot we're talking about that. <laughs> the Stanley Cup. The Tampa Bay has been one of the strongest teams in the last few years. Uh, oh, they've yes. been, I don't know how many times they've been to the Stanley Cup in the last while, but crazy. They've just been, they've been so hot. You know, Steven Stamkos, uh, Victor Hedman have been just amazing uh, as always. And they, they have a whole bunch, like, I think there's a player named Kucherov. I, I don't watch hockey as much as I used to, but because we don't have cable anymore. Yeah, and that's, that's i think what uh what's happened with a lot of people right. is that you know they've done away with cable so it's been hard and we don't subscribe to any of the uh uh channels that would have it like we don't subscribe to the nhl channel my biggest issue was that i'm a i'm a vancouver canucks fan i was born in a toronto maple leaf household but then i'd realized just how bad like the the business side of hockey was and that the toronto maple leafs will never win a stanley cup again because people just keep supporting them doesn't matter whether they win or lose the money keeps coming in so why should they spend the money on good players if we're still gonna go and pay for those seats exactly so i kind of migrated to vancouver because vancouver also had my hometown is guelph well our hometown was guelph vancouver had a lot of guelph based players so players that played for the guelph storm or or had a history in guelph whether they were born in guelph so i kind of migrated to vancouver so i've been cheering for vancouver ever since and then they started to become yeah. like the Leafs. They started realizing that people were just being dumb and spending money, no matter whether they won or lose. The point being is that we have a Canadian hockey team in the Stanley Cup final, which doesn't happen very often because we only have six teams in Canada, I believe, six or seven. I don't remember anymore. So it's pretty exciting to see that Montreal, and even though I'm not a fan of Montreal, and <laughs> my grandfather, and my, my aunt reminds me of this every time, my grandfather would be rolling in his grave if he knew I was cheering for Montreal. 
but I am totally cheering for Montreal right now to win the Stanley Cup because could you imagine them winning it for the 25th time? You know what? Canada just needs a win right now. We really need a win because our government hates us. <laughs> it's pretty bad here right now. And to have the Montreal Canadiens, there's going to be an asterisk beside the Stanley Cup win, no matter who wins it, because of the way the seasons have been uh, due to COVID and the lockdown and the pandemic. It's been a crazy season. It has been a super crazy season. But Montreal is like, well, Montreal, Toronto was supposed to win the Stanley Cup this year. Toronto had actually put together a really good team. Yeah. And they lost to their arch rival. Think that they've even played against each other in the playoffs in a long time. No. But the fact that Toronto and Montreal played and everybody expected Toronto to win the Stanley Cup this year. And here Montreal is. This was supposed to be their year. They have made it to the Stanley Cup final. They are hungry. They beat, they beat Toronto in the first round. So long ago, they beat Toronto. They are hungry. Montreal has two Guelph players, Nick Suzuki and uh, Ben Sherratt. Both played for the Guelph Storm. And that me, that makes it even more exciting for me. Not only is the Canadian team, not only is it the Montreal Canadiens who have a chance to make it the 25th Stanley Cup win. I'm, I'm super excited. And again, I barely watch hockey anymore. You really got a little bit more buy-in when you see these boys coming out of your local OHL team and, and making it to the big show. There is that for sure. That's always that for the last few years, that's been my big thing is that anytime Guelph Stormer or a, a Guelph native makes it into the Stanley Cup playoffs, I'm always excited for them. And I will always cheer for the team that's got the most of them. Let's just think about right now, we've got our Canadian team. We have the one Canadian team that could have made it because that was the thing with this year as well is that because of the pandemic and because of restrictions and travel restrictions and stuff, all the Canadian teams were in the same division. So only one Canadian team would be able to make it to the Stanley Cup. Where yeah, which kind of sucks. Let's be fair. Is it really a Canadian team anymore? Yeah, it's owned in Canada. You have the, yeah. you know, the Canadian representation. But I mean, how many players are actually Canadian on these teams anymore? Uh. <laughs> it's. I mean, we're talking like what, 25 years ago, it would probably would have been like 80% Canadian. Now I think it's down to like 40% Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's still your your representative, right? The Montreal Canadiens, the the les habitants, the come from the province, the uh, la belle province, uh, Quebec. Uh, it's just absolutely fantastic. And for you, I mean, you're you're yeah. a Montreal native. How was that exactly. exciting, right? No, it's very exciting. So it it's going to be uh, very exciting. The the next uh, next little bit around our house. I can't wait to see how this ends. I'm going to have to find a way to stream these games. Yep. Maybe find a neighbor that's watching and take a, take a lawn chair out, set it up out front of their house. A pair of binoculars, maybe looking yeah. through their window. I just, I'll sit in their yeah, back. No, no, no. I'm not looking at your wife. No, no. I'm, I'm looking, looking at, at the game. Exactly. Uh, hold on. Let's, let, let's get this very, very straight here. The Stanley cup is more important than any relationship, any human connection <laughs> ever. Have, have you ever seen the Stanley Cup in person? As a matter of fact, I have. You did, have Not you... only have I seen it, I've touched it. I've right. had my photo taken with it. Were you at the Hockey Hall of Fame? No, I was not. Oh, wow. Me. Oh, okay. Oh, tell oh, us. Oh. Please tell us. <laughs> it was just, gosh, like two years ago, it actually came. It came to my employer. Wow. And uh, we we were very lucky just to get get the opportunity. Nobody even knew that it was coming. First off, 
all of a sudden this email went out and everybody raced for the cafeteria. Yeah, did, did a player bring it or was it just come? No, it was one of the hockey hall of fame guys that, that actually brought okay. it. Okay. Okay. So no player there, but it was still pretty cool to get your photo taken with it. So for people who don't know the Stanley cup, obviously is a cultural icon in Canada. It's been around since 1893. It is integral part of Canadian history, Canadiana every year when it gets one, and I can't remember how long it's, I think it's for 65 years or so for, for a certain amount of time every year, one player from the team gets the Stanley cup for a day to do whatever they want with it. Take it to their, to their hometown, take it to their family, take a horseback riding, sleep Put with it. Put in the backseat of the car, take it for a drive, yeah. whatever. Eat, eat cereal out of the, out of the bowl. Uh, it's yours for the day. It's yours for the day. So a lot of times people have, or players have taken it to back to their hometown and then they have a big event or a parade in their town to cart this around and it becomes an event. Yeah, I know. It, and it's great that they do that. It's amazing that they do it. And that's the actual, the one that the players take around is the actual, because there's two different versions of it. There's the actual yeah. original, well, the, the modern version of the Stanley cup, which still has a ton of history in it. And then there is the replica one. The players actually escort the real one around and there's, there's, there's security that goes with it as well, but oh, the players, sure. the players take around the actual Stanley cup. So if you ever meet a player with it, you are likely touching the real Stanley cup. I got to, I got to see the, at the hockey hall of fame and I got a picture with it and I put my arm around with it and I treated it just like it was a girlfriend. My, my head was leaning against it. I look back at the photo go, Oh, what was I thinking? But I had tears in my eyes touching this thing. Oh yeah. This is something as a child that I had always looked up to. I never followed through with my hockey career. I was a decent player back when I was a teenager, but I yeah. didn't, I didn't ever follow through and I wish I did because, but I mean, you know, Hey, I still got to hold a Stanley cup, even if I yep. just got to put my arm around it. And to me, that was like a cultural icon. That was like a goal, at least one dream in my life. One of my bucket list items is to touch the Stanley cup. Yeah. I think probably for any Canadian kid, just to, just to stand beside it or, or even to stand in front of it, looking at it through glass. It's still a special moment. Watch a, an award ceremony uh, at the end of a, a Stanley cup final game. When the, when the cup is being presented to the winners, watch that ceremony and just watch how the players react and how the fans react. There's, there's something different about the Stanley cup. Maybe I, maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm biased as a hockey fan, but there is something different and special and yeah. because, because of the history. 1893 is the first time it was awarded 1893 like i don't know i can't even count that high how many years is that that's like 100 <laughs> use my calculator that's 128 or so years 100 well no i don't know 128 years or something like that i think it was just 125 the anniversary was 2017 for 125th wow it's almost uh 130 that's another four years the amount of history in that and think the amount of people that have sipped from the stanley cup the names that are on there, like they, they, they remove a ring uh, every 13 years, I think it is, because then the bottom ring fills up. They remove one of the well, top Otherwise, rings. it'd be like a huge well, tower. It would be over, it'd be seven feet tall, I think, if it had every team on there since it, it's, it was originally awarded. Rewarded. Awarded. Rewarded. Doesn't really matter. Awarded. Uh, so, yeah, they have, and the tradition began, I don't know how many years ago, where they started putting every player who contributed to the, the Stanley Cup winning team. Uh, they would put every one of their names on it, and as yeah. well as a few executives and stuff. 
So you could actually see, literally see history on the Stanley Cup every time you look at it. It's pretty special. It is pretty, it's hugely special. I don't care. I, at this point, I don't care who wins because my, my Vancouver Canucks are not there. Yeah. I don't care who wins. So it's great if Tampa wins, but it's even better if Montreal wins because well, so much gosh, yeah. excitement around that. You know what? Right now, I, I don't know if I can keep it in anymore. I've got a bit of a tear in my eye just waiting for my Habs to, to bring it home. That pretty much finishes off another episode of How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement. Brought to you by Tribe 74, your digital media ensemble. Check them out, tribe74.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Appreciate it. Cheers. Peace. Bye. Bye.